0: So today, uh, today's Good Shepherd Sunday. John chapter 10 is Jesus' teaching on him being the Good Shepherd. Oh, by the way, one more thing I just want to note. If you're new or visiting today, you might have come to Lourdes and said, Is this a Catholic church? It looks like they're just sun worshipers. Um, (laughs) We're not pagans, we are Catholics. We took down the crucifix and our icons and our angels and stations of the cross uh, yesterday, and it kind of is like, it's like, wow, the move is coming. So thanks to everyone who helped move things to the gym. Next weekend is our last weekend of masses in the church, but the renovation's coming, and so it's a really exciting moment. It feels so weird in here. It's just so strange. I'm like, when I preach, you all know I like to be able to look at the crucifix, and I don't know what to do today. I'm like... There's a small one, yeah, but anyway. Okay, so today is Good Shepherd Sunday, and the church today, one of the themes that has come up over the past decades is the church has asked priests to preach about priestly vocations uh, on Good Shepherd Sunday. And so I want to talk about that today, but I want you to know if you're already married, uh, if you're a woman, uh, if you're someone who's not going to be an ordained priest, this is still going to be about you. You're going to see that in a minute. So we're talking about vocations. What is a vocation? There's a great book you should all read. Uh, it's, there's an, a, a Catholic author named Evelyn Waugh. And Evelyn Waugh, is, it's a male, actually, from England. Uh, and Evelyn Waugh wrote some f- wonderful books. Uh, he has a great biography of St. Edmund Campion. Uh, and then he has a, a very classic Catholic novel called Brideshead Revisited. And I love that book, and I want to give you a quote from Brideshead Revisited. But in that book, there's like this 12-year-old girl, Cordelia, and she's my favorite character. She's just a riot. She's so funny. There's a, there's a guy in the novel named Rex who's becoming Catholic, and she doesn't like him, so she always just makes up things about what it means to be Catholic. And so she tells him that the Pope has a, a whole room full of sacred monkeys, And like when you go to sleep as a Catholic, you have to have your feet pointed towards Rome. So if you die in your sleep, you know to walk to Rome when you wake up. It's just it's hilarious. But anyway, and if you're not Catholic, that's not true. (laughs) (laughs) So Cordelia says this about vocations. She says, "I hope I've got a vocation." And her friend says, "I don't know what that means." She says, "It means you can be a nun." If you haven't got a vocation, it's no good however much you want to be. And if you have a vocation, you can't get away from it, however much you hate it. And I love that line. Because I think that's how we think, it's totally wrong, by the way. But it's so awesome. It's the way we Catholics think about it, right? When I was in college, you've heard me say this, I used to pray... Lord, I'll do anything you want me to do. Just please don't make me a priest. And we can have the sense that if God chooses you to do something, it's like you're just locked in. And that's what's going to happen no matter what. The truth is, is that God gives us freedom. Right? He calls men and women to different missions in life. But he wants us to love and to accept his call in our freedom. So vocation is more like this. This is what Balthazar says. He says we can formulate this very simply. Everyone who is called, the word vocation is a Latin word. It means to call. Everyone who is called in a biblical sense is called for the sake of those who are not called. Hear that again. Everyone who is called is called for the sake of those who are not called. Today I want to talk specifically about priestly vocations. And in our gospel, it ties very, very well. Today Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The word shepherd in Latin is pastor. That's why we call priests at the head of a church, we call them pastors. Pastors. Because they're called to shepherd God's flock. In Jesus today, there's a very priestly identity in his words today. What do priests do? Priests offer sacrifice. That's what they're called to do. So, Jesus today in our gospel in John chapter 10, you know, I I remember growing up thinking, "Why why did those people kill Jesus? And it's so moving, like little children in the congregation, you'll see them kissing a crucifix, and Jesus has his owies, and why would someone do that? And I know you parents, you understand theologically, right, that sin is why Christ goes to the cross, so you tell your children, you crucified Jesus, right? No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Jesus today tells us amazing things. He says, and I always thought the crucifixion happened to Jesus. But it didn't. The crucifixion is not primarily something that happened to him. It's something that Jesus chose. Today in our gospel, Jesus says, No one takes my life from me. But I lay it down of my own accord. No one takes my life from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. The book of, the he- of Hebrews, the letter to the Hebrews, says it this way. Do I have it marked? I don't. In Hebrews chapter 5, it says every high priest from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God. To offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. Right, a priest offers sacrifice. That's what he does. He offers something so that you and I can be close to God, that we can be reconciled to God. Now, in the Old Testament and the New Testament, there, there's a difference in the priesthood. In the Old Testament, there's different kinds of sacrifices. There's, you could offer grain, or you could offer, there's, a, there's wine offerings, they're called libations. Uh, there's also animal sacrifices. But in the New Testament, brothers and sisters, and here's where Jesus fulfills everything. In the New Testament, the sacrifice that Jesus offers is not something external. It's not a goat. It's not a calf. It's not a sheep. The the gift Jesus offers is himself. And so our hymn we entered into today says, Christ the victim, Christ the priest. The New Testament offering is Jesus himself. And here's the thing. Brothers and sisters, every one of us is called to participate in that. Every single one of us. The the first thing that happens, if you want to be a real Christian, right? This isn't just about me. This isn't just about Archbishop Aquila. It's not just about other men who have been ordained. Everyone who's baptized, we believe as Catholics that you are a priest. And guess what? The sacrifice you offer is yourself. I tell my engaged couples this all the time, right? When you love someone, the gift you want to give them is not like, you know, you start off, I had a student when I was a focused missionary, and he was this desperate romantic, and he always went way too far. He was like, women like romance. And so he'd show up on first dates, like, and he'd, they'd, he'd ring the doorbell, and the door would open, and he'd get on his knees with like a dozen red roses, and they were like, I'm not ready for this. I think I have to wash my hair. You know, he's actually married now. God knows how. But he went too far, but he'd always get these exorbitant gifts. He'd buy these amazing gifts for these women he would date. But as you get further and further in a dating relationship, what you do is the gift you give someone is not something external. What you give them is yourself. And here's the starting point of all Christianity is that Jesus loved you so much he didn't give you a good gift. He gave you himself. This is a starting point for being a real Christian is understanding that. When I was in college, the first seeds of me becoming a priest, I wasn't thinking about priesthood. I just saw Jesus on the cross and I realized for the first time that he was up there for me. That the gift Christ gave me was not, you know, comfort or pleasure or whatever else. The gift he gave me was his life. And the natural response to that is you want to give yourself back. That's what happens. If you're going to be a real Christian, brothers and sisters, God doesn't just want a little better of a moral life from you. He does want that. But he loves you so much, what he wants is not, okay, you know, I guess I'll say an extra our Father every day. That's great. But make no mistake, what God wants is you. He wants your heart, He wants your mind, He wants your soul. He wants your Friday night, He wants your Tuesday afternoon, He wants your relationships, He wants your political allegiance to be to Him alone. He wants everything, because that's the language of love. When you love someone, you want to give your life away, and that's the source of every vocation. Brothers and sisters, if you get that, if you understand, I can't look at the crucifix, so weird. When you, if you get that, if you understand that Jesus loved you and he gave everything to you, it's really hard to be like, wow, Lord, thanks so much, you know, here's 10 minutes. The more you understand the way he loves you, you start to give your heart away. And you say, Jesus, not some of the things I have, not some of my time. But Lord, here am I. Here's everything. And if you do that, you'll be a better spouse in your marriage, you'll be a better mother and a better father. If you're called to religious life, you will be a better religious. The source of all vocations, brothers and sisters, is the love of Jesus Christ. And it's a desire for us to reciprocate, to give our life back in return. Now that's Christianity. Some of you, I don't know who you are, I always joke about this. If we don't get enough vocations to priesthood, if, if enough men don't respond, we're going to start having a lottery after church, right? And, like, if you're not married, we're just going to give you, like, your you're a guy, we're going to give you a number, we're just going to start drawing names. Some of you are called to priesthood. I don't know who you are. But, brothers and sisters, the church needs men who love Christ and who will sacrifice for the good of the world, We need those. When I was discerning priesthood, the natural thing that we all do, all the guys who ever think about priesthood, and some come to me and they say, Father Brian, how do I discern? And inevitably what they do is they make a cost-benefit analysis. They all do it. I did it too at one point. And I wrote out on a piece of paper, and on one side I was like, okay, marriage. I was like, man, really want to be married. (laughs) Really want to have children. Looks pretty amazing. Uh, that's like, you know, there's tons more, but that was the big one. Right? And then priesthood, you're like, okay, well, celibacy, that sounds really hard and difficult and lonely. Uh, plus, though, right, uh, you are t- set for life. The church can't fire you. So you're, you're kind of like set. And it'd be cool to be a part of a brotherhood of guys. And then you look at like, well, I can have a cool career doing this, but priesthood's kind of neat because you get to do this and this and this. Guys do that. But that is not priesthood. Priesthood is not a career. It is not a task. It is not mere functionalism. Priesthood is a sharing in the ministry of Jesus Christ himself. And brothers and sisters, I can't tell you what a privilege, what a grace that is. It's everything. As a priest, right, I have the calling. I sit in the confessional, and I get to say to people, I absolve you of your sins in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. At Holy Mass, right, I get to say in the words of Christ, This is my body. Without the priesthood, there is no mass, there is no confession, there is no sacramental forgiveness of sins. The priesthood is a life that has fallen so in love with Christ that we say, Lord, how could I not give you everything? Here's everything I am, here's everything I have. Jesus, all is yours. And every one of us is called to do that in some way, shape, or form. One last thought on priesthood. The Latin word, one of the Latin words for priest is pontifex. And sometimes you'll hear the Pope refer to this. Sometimes you'll hear the Pope called the uh, pontifex maximus. It means, and pontifex means priest, but it literally means Bridge builder. And, when it's, and a priest is a bridge builder because what's supposed to happen is a priest is supposed to say, wow, he's a normal human being, right? I can relate to, to this priest because he's like me, he's a normal person. That's one side of the bridge, but the other side of the bridge is that he knows God. He has a relationship with God, he is in communion with God, and people are meant to say, wow, you know what, if Father Brian's close to God... Maybe I could be too. Brothers and sisters, you are a priesthood. If you have been baptized, you're a priest. First Peter chapter two says that. You're called to be a bridge. People around you should look at you and say, "Wow, you know that person, he's he or she. they're like me. They have a family, they have a job, they, they have anxieties and pressures. But they're different they know God and maybe if she knows God and she feels like Christ loves her maybe I could love God the sacrifice we are called to offer brothers and sisters is ourselves so today wherever you're at I don't know where everyone's at in your spiritual life the biggest thing I can ever encourage you to is to know that Jesus is not on the cross just in general for humanity, he is up there for you. Right? the more you look at the crucifix and you realize the Savior of the world hangs there for me, the more you'll say, Jesus, here's my everything. Here's my heart. Here's my soul. Here's my freedom. When we do that, when we pray for that, when we live our lives like that, brothers and sisters, I promise you, if we live like that as a congregation, we will never, ever have a shortage of preachers.